Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. JD Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For JD Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com/awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. short on substance vacuous and ill-informed echo chamber of all that's wrong with social justice and medicine with your two favorite social justice warriors Kami and Lizzie. hey <laughs> i don't know if anyone heard that but we were recently trolled on twitter and Kave is just quoting the troll yes uh of being um self-righteous warriors of social justice which apparently is a bad thing um yeah how are you lizzie I'm good. How are you? Uh, I'm okay. I'm okay. Uh, we are talking about today's episode is about doctors on social media. Um, and there's a, a, a topic that is related to that, that you and I have talked about before, and I still am perplexed by. And uh, I'm going to throw it out there on the show to you now, not only to get your thoughts about it, because I, I think other people will then weigh in. And I just need to know because I'm fascinated by the subject and I don't understand it. And you know What's what it the is? Subject, you know, the subject is why do men send dick pics on the interweb that are unsolicited? I should say unsolicited dick pics. Why does that happen, Lizzie? Why do you think that happens? This I'm so excited to talk about. You and I have talked about it many times off air, like every day. I think we talk about it off air. Probably but too much. Never- Probably, Probably too much. Someone, someone say too much. Someone say just the right amount. <laughs> but I love the fact that you you frame that with like today we're talking about doctors on social media and you immediately went to like dick pics was the transition well the reason i bring it up is because recently actually not too recently a little while back online there was a um a doctor who was outed for this exact thing and it's a doctor that or a medical student i, I actually i forget the details but someone in the healthcare profession that um had sort of posed themselves as like a 
a feminist, a, a man who was had the intentions, the best intentions of women. A, a virtue warrior. <laughs> a virtue warrior. He signaled hard, I suppose, yeah. some might say. Um, and then it kind of came out more into more discussions with some some people online, like, oh yeah, I get sent these things all the time. And I'm like, wow, really? She's like, uh, and these people are like, yeah, we get sent, women get sent dick pics all the time by men, unsolicited things. And then it, it, it became clear that this is also something that happens in the world of medicine. So it's right. not doctors and medical professionals, nurses, male nurses, uh, techs, people in our, our world are also doing this. Mm. And just the concept fascinates me. So let's yeah. get back to the question. Why? Why does this happen? No, no, no. Getting back to framing the question. Yeah. I also was wondering why it was on the tip of your tongue or, and I, I had forgotten about this um, exposure or conversation on Twitter because then, and then I was thinking, why not now? Because we know the next dick pic scandal is right on the corner. Unfortunately, right. it's like mass shootings. Like we always want to talk about guns and gun violence. And we're like, we should talk about it now because we're always going to be ahead of the game. Same thing with dick pics, but a little more fun. And I want to make it very clear, if you're ever sent a dick pic from a House of Pod account, it is coming from Lizzie. That's definitely not me. It is definitely Lizzie. Just right. want to make that, put that out there right, right. now. So, so I've, I've never been sent a dick pic. Let's just put it out there. Do you feel a little bit weird about that? Are you kind of like... Do you question yourself? Are you like, feel- why am I not sent a dick pic? Right, right. Why am I not? Like, well, you're not cool you're, enough? But you're not online. You're not like. No, but you know, even before Twitter and Facebook, we were texting for years, you know. Um, but the one thing I did when I was dating online, you know, you do all these apps and you kind of message them and then you kind of take it offline and you give out your, maybe your personal details so you're not just going through the app all the time. Um, one guy texted me something and was like, um, can you send me more photos? That was it. And I think I might've sent a couple. And then he's like, how about one in like a bathing suit? You know, and he kind of started off slow. And then I immediately just um, wrote back like, you have plenty, you know, I'm not, this is inappropriate or something like that. Because, you know, if you've dated online, you know, you put out your three, five, 10 photos that you think represent you. Yeah. And if someone's asking for more, I mean, either you're really new at online dating. And at this point, I don't think anyone's that new to it probably because it's been around for over 10 years or they're, they're trying to escalate something. And I'm, yeah. I'm pretty good at sniffing the bullshit. So I, I'm definitely someone who doesn't encourage the bullshit. So right. I definitely nipped it in the bud. I do not give off the, Send I don't dick get, pic yeah, I don't get, <laughs> a, I don't give off the dick pic vibes and B, I don't give off the oh, innocent, like, oh, this is such a friendly guy question. Like, you're not going to, that's not going to fly. You have that New York skepticalness that I think uh, probably people pick up on really quickly. So, right. yeah, that's interesting. But but seriously, though. Why? 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 I mean, because, okay, yeah, tell me. I think fundamentally it's a one-upsmanship game. That's really fundamentally what I think. I, you tell me, if, a, if you think men have it in their head that this is going to be hot for the woman. I, I don't see that. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but I think it's, I'm going to send you this because I know you're going to either reciprocate or one-up me. So you're going to send me your boobs, your, or, or if it's a gay couple, your, your dick or whatever, you know, up the ante a little bit. I think, I think they're just trying to have you meet their game or one-up them. That's my, my theory. 
I, I, that could be part of it. Um, I, I assume a lot of the weird shit that guys do when they're out like at clubs, like, you know, I would, I remember back in the, the day when we were like in residency and internship, um, myself way and, and some of our friends, my, one of my best friends way who, uh, we would go out like during internship and there would be a guys that we would go out with every now and then that would just literally like on a mission, just go talk to every woman. They didn't have great lines. They didn't have anything. All they would do just go up and start talking to people and like, which I, I respect in a way. It takes a lot of courage to do that, but there was like, there was nothing in it, but a, a sheer numbers game. Right. They were just like, if I go talk to, and this is like in a really pre-med nerdy way, they're like, if I go talk to 20 women, one of them is going to be interested enough to talk to me, which I think was probably <laughs> overestimating it. But, you know, it's like a numbers game. So part of me wonders, do these guys just feel like this, this works? Because maybe it, because it must work, right? Because why would they have not done, I mean, something must keep them doing it. So maybe one out of like every 100, maybe it works. I don't, but, I mean, I can't see it. And it doesn't yeah. excuse doing it, but yeah. like, but there must be, there must be something that keeps them thinking that it, it will help or work. Yeah. But in this math nerd equation of yours, and by the way, once again, I thought there would no, be no math on this podcast, but let's say you're putting out a hundred dick pics. What is the outcome? So you're winning the numbers game to what end? So this girl's yeah, going right. to say, yeah, just send something back. come over you're and right. bang me or the girl's going to send her vagina back. And like, do guys want a picture? Um, of like, I, I guess, not, it, you know, I'm not one for just a straight up, like real close up of like something that looks clinical, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But I, yeah. I think you're right. I think they will, there are, there's a hope at least that they will, um, they'll be bringing up some of their own material. If that's the case, there was someone else had mentioned this, that they're, um, that it could just be the kink of doing it. Like, you know, the same way, like someone who's yeah. a flasher, like yeah. flashes people. I don't think flashers flash people because they expect someone to be like, oh yeah, that's that's hot. I think that's the kink in it uh, for them yeah. is doing it. So that's another thought. Is it just the kink of showing, a, yeah. an, like surprising someone? It's like, hey, here you go. And like, in, in like that, is that the act itself that does it for them? Yeah, that I could see that more. I mean, not that I empathize, but I can I can understand that more than, or maybe people are just lazy and instead of saying, hey, do you want to come over and bang like a booty call? here's just a picture of my, my dick. Like, yeah. you know, let, let that do the talking for you. Yeah. I can't imagine just a picture of a penis does that much. I mean, yeah. it's just cause it's so clinical at that point. Yeah. I don't know what the, the benefit of it would be, but maybe it's the person saying, look, this is what you're doing to me. This is, this is how excited you make me. Like it's a compliment in maybe in someone's head. Yeah. Shouldn't but, be done. Right. Again, right. let's make that very clear. Don't send unsolicited dick pics guys. But I mean, I don't know. Maybe there's a myriad of possibilities of why guys do it. I can't understand it though. Right, right. And even like you say, don't do it. But like if these guys are doing it, the biggest consequence is there's several. One, the girl will be like, ew, this is gross. That's like a bad outcome, right? I never want to talk to you again. But the other one is it will go viral. And like- Right. And, and is that bad? Like the guy who's sending it knows that that's an option. Maybe that's, maybe that's what he wants. <laughs> Like, yeah, it's a great question. I mean, I'm pretty proud of myself, you know, but I don't feel junk. so proud of it that I need to share it with the world. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, this is, um, we should have our listeners oh my start, God. Pour, uh, you know, a conversation. Our, our up, yes. Yeah. Please share us, uh, share with us your thoughts. Um, 
And yeah. uh, our, our apologies to our uh, upcoming guest, Dr. Uh, Donna Coriel, <laughs> who has no idea that the intro to her episode uh, is going to be focused on dick pics. Um, I think, um, I think, sorry, one other thing I thought of, <laughs> I think men are fascinated by the way that women groom themselves um, in their, like their pubic hair. And I think that there's a curiosity. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe again, cause you know, there's so much excitement about Brazilian or whatever, like, you know, totally nude. I don't remember which is the one that includes like taking off your asshole hair. Cause I That's obviously will never get that. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> don't you dare you edit that out. <laughs> I, I mean, in my mind, Brazilians just take everything off, but I always forget which one includes the assholes. So. Sorry, guys. I'm sorry. Um, anyway, I get them all the time, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, I think that I think there's a curiosity there, and I think that's part of the allure. So um, anyway, and I could see that. I'm I'm sort of curious what people do to themselves, like their facial hair, let alone whatever. But I wouldn't ask for a photo of that. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, let's hear what people have to say about that. Uh, <laughs> so uh, this is a good time to thank Nadim uh, for his help with production. Thank you, Nadim. <laughs> If you guys haven't already, please follow us at Twitter at the House of Pod. Uh, we're also on Instagram and Facebook. Um, if you are at all interested and you want to leave a review talking about um, us being social justice warriors, um, please leave one at iTunes. Uh, it is nice to get reviews. Uh, it does help get uh, new listeners to the show. So we do appreciate that. And I will likely share it. Uh, so uh, thanks again for uh, listening. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. I wouldn't desert you. And we're back. We have today with us Dr. Donna Coriel, founder of So Me Docs. She's going to talk to us today about the presence of medical professionals on the interwebs. Dr. Coriel, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm actually very excited about this. Thanks for coming. Tell us um, what SOMI Doc stands for, just that that term, because I didn't know. Yeah, so SOMI Doc stands for Social Media Doctors because SOMI is the way to shorten social media. Got it. Very clever. I was like, what is that? And I Googled it earlier. So I knew. So I cheated for the test. But um, <laughs> so let's, um, I'm, let's talk about doctors and their presence on social media. Um, what, what role do you see? Um, do you think doctors should be on social media? Do you think that's the right avenue? You know, I know some politicians who are only on Twitter and shout out policies and firings and hirings on Twitter. Do you think doctors should be using social media as a platform? for advice or for disseminating information? Yes, so definitely for information dissemination. Uh, I think that there's no one size fits all. So do I think everyone should be on social media? Sure, I think everybody could benefit from being on social media and market themselves on social media, but I don't think everyone has to do it right away or has to do it the same way. So it's a curated presence that I would highly recommend everyone consider. And you can certainly reach out to people like me to answer your questions on exactly how to do it. And the reason is because we're all sort of looking to meet different endpoint goals, right? Some of us are on here to build podcasts like you. Others are on here to literally just network 
Others want speaking gigs. Otherwise, other people want to be picked up by media and maybe have a show. Other people just want to grow their practice and get more patients. But any endpoint goal that you have can be achieved through building presence on social media the right way. Okay, that was really well said. There's lots of different reasons that doctors come on to social media. Um, but do you feel there are certain lines that doctors shouldn't cross on social media? Are there certain topics that we shouldn't cover? Should it just be medically related topics? That's a great question. And I think that it honestly is, again, a what not a one size fits all. I think that there are many issues in this world and we are humans like everyone else. So just as politicians are human, right? We can also dive into the political sphere of things. So I don't think there's a straight answer for it. I think it it just depends on what you want to achieve. So if you want to advocate for something, um, a lot of times to properly advocate, you need to involve politics. You need to, right? You need to advocate for it and get politicians involved in order to actually make change. And so I don't think there's a one size fits all answer for this. But what I do think is that you should absolutely weigh the consequences of being online and discussing issues that can come back to you to your personal and professional life. Yeah, that's a great, that's what I'm going to ask um, next is the consequences, like what you're saying in this, you know, I think this term is overused now, but in this cancel culture where you do one little thing that's not perfect or what you're saying, we're all human. As a doctor, if you say something wrong, I could see the world or your practice, your patients or everyone going after you and like wanting your license, wanting you to be fired, wanting your practice to close, your business to die. What is that like obviously a big warning? It's huge. It, it bothers me very, 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 very much. Maybe add another very in there. It bothers me so, so much because I see the downfall of our society because of it. And I know it sounds weird, but because of that, I feel like I have an obligation as a physician to talk about this because who else is going to warn people about the health effects of dabbling online if it's not going to be doctors? And I don't think it just has to be psychiatrists that warn. I think intern i think any physician right who is looking at this um from an outsider perspective and sort of seeing predicting where this is going to take us can see the dangers in doing it and i always quote and i just re-saw it with my family i always ask people to watch the black mirror episode called nosedive okay first of all black mirror is an exceptional series to predict to us what can happen to a society that is so reliant on digital technology and have you guys seen nosedive i don't know the particular episode all i know is that black mirror drives me crazy in the same way twilight zone does where everything oh. ends up awful and i'm always like i get it everything's awful everyone's awful <laughs> technology makes us more awful i get it it's 2020 i don't need any more of that so this particular series stars um ron howard's daughter bryce dallas bryce howard. howard yes bryce dallas howard thank you it stars her and it actually goes through it she lives in a society where everyone is rating each other with their phone and living life is dependent on your rating <laughs> so if your rating drops 
right? Like she spills coffee on someone by accident and her rating drops so she can no longer like make her flight. I mean, you're like an Uber driver. Everyone has like a rating. Yeah. A hundred percent. But no, but except it's turned on you because right, now, right. right, you are rated back and we're headed that way because it matters who, who agrees with us in society. And it, what really struck me in that episode was that everything needed to be polished. Like everyone was fake to each other because you needed their rating. And right. so yeah. everybody right. was faked. And so it's this like cleansing of our society because everyone needs to say the same thing as someone else. So again, social media is great. Let's fight for our injustices. Let's advocate. But for heaven's sakes, allow people to be human and have differences of opinion and give them some grace when they say something online. And don't just assume that you know them because they've said something either incorrectly or something that you just disagreed with. Right. So you're getting back to the, the question. So you feel that um, this is a major problem for doctors online. Another reason to be careful is because we live in a place where, or live in a time where it's, it's, easy, it's easy to have your reputation, your career, your everything destroyed pretty easily by one or two simple mistakes. Is that, is that what I'm hearing? Absolutely. I, I do think that mistakes can have some effects in the real life that are not in proportion to what it actually is. Uh, but I, but I do, but I do think that you can curate presence carefully so that you, you watch what you do and you do it positively. You remain professional online. Got you. Yeah. Do you, do you have any examples um, of doctors that haven't done that, that you would give as like cautionary tales? I mean, I don't, I don't want to give names. It's funny because I, I tweeted this the other day that I honestly think there should be social media HIPAA, as in we need to think before we, th- before we throw people under the bus, even when we disagree with what they do. I always sort of hesitate because I'm someone that wants to point out what works and doesn't work just based on my opinion, but I also don't want anyone to get offended or get in, tr- or get in trouble. So there's, there is someone that I believe lost a residency spot because of what they did. Um, now that just serves as, as an example of repercussions that can result from dabbling online in a way that you think is proper, but a way that your employer does not. Yeah. There was an example that went um, very public, I think three months ago or so, where there was, um, I think, a med school or uh, maybe an undergrad conference, and everything was virtual because it was COVID. And before it started, before the professor got on or whatever, uh, one kid said out loud, like, oh, Black Lives Matter again? Like something like that. And yeah. he got, um, he, his, I think, acceptance to med school, I think, was withdrawn. I, I think that's what it was. And he wrote a huge apology and explained that his Black Lives Matter politics was separate from his beliefs about people of color. Like he didn't necessarily believe in all the policies that they were promoting. Anyway, this is one example, a very recent example of how, you know, this kid clearly and a lot of people needs some curation, let's say. <laughs> Maybe not his social media page was, was he wasn't posting about it, but his... Uh, persona and what was recorded. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, there are repercussions to what we say and what we do. Um, And there was even uh, an example recently in the media, I didn't actually read it, but I heard about it from friends about someone from CNN or something that 
also forgot to turn off their Zoom and did something inappropriate in the bathroom and was caught on film. Now, I don't know if it was on purpose or not. I don't know the exact story. So, but I don't know if he lost his job. I think he did. The point is while you're employed, right? So that's the difference between what I do right now, because I no longer practice clinically and that's on purpose because I didn't want anybody telling me what to do. I know that sounds extreme, but I do believe that when you do work for an organization, then you are representing them to some degree. And so sure, on one hand, I, I absolutely promote individuality. I think that I personally want to empower physicians because I believe that healthcare is broken, but I also believe in the respect of having an employer employ you and needing to represent them while you work for them, even in your outside uh, dabblings. So that leads me to the next question, which was brought to us by Dr. Amygdala, Amy G. Dalla on Twitter. I want to get your thoughts on anonymous accounts versus real doctor names being used online. Because on med Twitter, what's that, that whole world of doctors on Twitter, um, about, I would say, half are people's real names and half are made-up names people are using to protect themselves. So I'm curious to get your thoughts about that. Should every doctor online be using a fake account or anonymous account? Um, let me know. What you, tell me what you think. Yeah, I think that it's it's up to you. I think I think that we are the passengers of our right of our social media ride. We get to decide where we take it, how we take it, and what way we take it. Who comes in with us? Who comes? <laughs> like literally, that's what's so amazing about it. That's why to me, it's almost like a blank canvas that you can take on yourself as the artiste. Uh, and actually, if you think about it, right, I mean, social media, life is just one big game and social media is almost like our, our, our board, like it's one big chess game and social media is like the chess board where everyone moves their pieces. And so, yeah, if you want to be anonymous, be anonymous. I mean, there must be a reason you're keeping it anonymous. Maybe you want to put your voice out there, but you don't want your employer to know, but you're writing benign things and maybe you are writing malignant things and you want to hide behind your account. I don't know. I, I, I do feel like at some point there might need to be some rules and regulations in place. I do. We could talk about that, but right now there aren't. And so you can't tell a doctor what they should do. So, right. and well, I guess some of it has to do with, sorry, I guess some of it has to do with what the point is, like you said in the beginning, what your purpose is to be on med Twitter, right? Because, or, or sorry, to have a social media persona, because if you're trying to grow your practice and get patients, then you have to put your real name. <laughs> if you're trying to be sensational or troll people, you know, or get on CNN, then, you know, maybe you don't need, I mean, at some point CNN's going to vet you. You're going to need to put your name for certain purposes, right? Yeah. And the other issue comes back to what we spoke about. Also, if you want to say something that could be perceived as inflammatory, but you have good intentions, maybe that's a way to actually start a meaningful conversation. Because again, everything at this point is so polished. Like if you take a 30,000 foot view of Twitter, it's like everyone is so perfect. And like everyone is so sort of like, I don't know, like posting beautiful things and when you post something that maybe is more extreme then you unless you're unless it meets everybody's approval 
you get that Twitter mob going on you. And, and that's not how real life works. Like we all are multifaceted. Like we are three-dimensional and textured and we've got opinions and it's okay to have a difference of opinion than another person. As long as you're not a criminal and you're not, your opinion is not like overly, you know, again, it's yeah. how much can we polish who we are? We're still humans. And how do we make progress if everyone is the same? Right. That's like, <laughs> you know, so, I, I, I agree. And I, Actually, I totally understand why a lot of these doctors are anonymous. And some of my favorite accounts that I follow on Twitter are anonymous and they're, you know, hilarious and oftentimes insightful. Do you think though there's any harm to a doctor or someone with a medical license or title, a medical title, I should say, out there um, saying things and acting anonymously? I mean, if you're going to maybe weigh in on medical topics and you're not clearly a medical doctor that someone could look up. Is there any harm to that? Yeah. And I think that, well, it depends. I, I'm trying to understand what you're saying because there's different ways we could think of it. Meaning if you, meaning there are no rules and regulations. And so an anonymous account can actually not be a doctor. And so that's the problem I'm having. And that's why I call it a game because it is a game because sure we, and that's my problem, right? With any mob pileup of Twitter, because you only see one little bit of someone. And I'll give you an example from the other day without naming anybody. It wasn't a doctor, but it doesn't matter. But the point is that it could be an anonymous account and not be a doctor. So there's heart. You, you can have an actual doctor be anonymous if it works for them behind the scenes. But the point is that it's all just kind of a world that's not regulated. And so we, we have to use, we have to take things with a grain of salt when we use social media. We really can't use it for hard facts. I mean, we need the research and the stats and we need to make sure that we vet what we trust. I wouldn't necessarily recommend like doing studies on social media. We could share sure. studies sure. that publications have vetted yeah. But I wouldn't necessarily like just trust anybody. And the same, go I mean, I hate to say it, but the same goes for like influencers, right? And yeah, I, yeah. that that word makes people squirm, but it's like for a good reason. I think influencers are great. I think they, you know, have risen for for a good reason many times. Some people call me a micro-influencer. I, I cringe because it's like, why? Like, what am I influencing? I'm just, I'm a human and I'm just it scares me because we sort of, we make decisions based on what influencers say. And many times that's fine, but sometimes we should really think through it ourselves. Sure. Yeah. No, that makes sense. So, I mean, to be honest with you, most of these people who are anonymous accounts, I don't think their purpose is to go out there and, and to be spread decisive medical information or talk about studies. Most of them are there to entertain and maybe give insight into the life of a, a medical professional. So those, I, I will say this though, I, I do think Twitter is a useful place in terms of actual science in that the, the people you follow who you can vet easily, who you can look up, who we've brought on the show, for example, like Dr. Jeremy Faust, for example, or Dr. Jen Gunter, people who are experts in their field, them being able to, to share really up-to-date, very, very current information. I, and I said this before, you know, back when COVID was first picking up, um, the doctors that were the most concerned about it, the doctors that knew how bad it was going to be, 
most of those doctors were doctors who were online already on Twitter because they were seeing those reports. They were seeing this, the, what was happening in Italy and Iran and China, and they were seeing that stuff. So um, I think it, it does serve a pretty valuable, tangible purpose in terms of science as well. No, I absolutely do. I mean, I'm the first person to say that you know, the online world connects us and it really connects us like super quickly. What do you think about um, the medical community online, specifically with respect to women? Um, do you think that they are underrepresented? Do you think that they have unique challenges? And, and if they do, what are they? Yeah, I definitely think that they are, um, have face unique challenges. And I anecdotally <laughs> look at myself and I know the struggles that I've had to um, had to endure in life and had to push against barriers that were not the same to my male counterpart. So yes, they not only exist, but research shows that they exist. And I'm part of initiatives that point this out. I'm part of um, a group called Proud that Dr. Julie Silver puts together to take women physician leaders from the country and to um, uh, push uh, gender equity to ensure that you know everybody is equal. Uh, so yes, I do think that there is a difference when you're a woman, and I'm hoping that we can um, iron some of that out now that we are freely discussing it online. Do you think that there are more like um, trolls after them and more critical in you know because because that they're women? Do you see that? Yeah, I think I think that absolutely. I think we are criticized more. I think sometimes we are easy targets. Sometimes some of us are maybe a bit more emotional. I know that I am very emotional, so uh, you know it. Maybe some things sting more than other things, um, but I'm hoping that that's going to turn the corner as we, you know, bring awareness to that issue. Yeah, I mean, as as a the one non woman on this discussion, I, I can tell you, I I see online, I. I think women get attacked in a way that men do not. And um, I'm going to be accused of virtue signaling for this. <laughs> but the truth of it is, like, there's something about a woman telling men, like, what's up that bothers men in a visceral way that just doesn't happen with men. Like, I see my friends online, like Ryan Marino and Seth Truger, and, and I see them getting trolled every now and then. But the people that come after say Jen Gunter are a different breed of troll. It's a little bit more vicious. It's like the same thing. I mean, you can make, there's a lot of very, very valid criticisms of Hillary Clinton, but there's a lot of really valid criticisms of about a lot of democratic candidates that have happened in the past, but the vitriol, that response that she invoked in men on the right, they're just, Oh, Trump, that bitch, you know, that all that stuff. Like it doesn't, you don't see that in the same way. So there is something that women have to deal with, I think, online that, that men don't. I wonder yeah, if it's I, like, sorry. I wonder if it just, I wonder if it's data driven or the misogyny feels so much worse than all the other negative. It just, to me, it feels worse. It feels visceral, right? Um, and I do wonder if there is data specifically on social media that, because an insult, like uh, that being a woman is personal, like the, an insult on your policy might not feel as personal. You know what I mean? There's, there's a difference in how, how it's perceived, I think. And to me, it feels much worse when I hear about those things. Yeah. I mean, I've personally experienced, um, <clears throat> you know, I'm 
very out of the box. I'm, I'm very much a creator. I love creating things, but I see again and again, I see myself creating and then I see someone recreating what I've created and, and, and it's a man and they will get the credit for it just again and again and again. Um, you know, I put things out there and it's like, eh, but then a man will do it and it'll be like, oh, you know, it's like virtual it's mansplaining. Rough. It's like, let, yeah, let me restate what you just said, but in a better, different way. Yeah. I'm and a I, man. Exactly. And I, I see it again and again and again. And you know what? Like I no longer get angry. Maybe I'm angry on the inside, but I let that anger, I let it fuel even more creations, hoping that eventually, right? I, if I create and create and create and create, something will stick and people will start to take notice that, hey, Donna Coriel is at the root of all of these really cool creations. And maybe at that point, I will be lauded as some of the men I've seen be lauded. Not that I'm also looking for laud in life, um, but I'm certainly um, trying to start things and start movements that are significant. And if I don't accomplish it, that's fine too, because I'm at least proud of the things that I'm creating. So, Well, on that note, tell us a little bit about what you're creating. Let's do some plugs here. Tell us what's going on and, and where people can find you and, and all that good stuff. Sure. So I have two brands going I and a lot of content between those two. I've got my Dr. Coriel brand, which is my personal brand, uh, where I really just create. And I really try to not stifle myself in terms of direction or niche because life interests me. And I have so much to say about everything, whether it's board games that we recommend as a family to thoughts I have about healthcare to what I do really well, which is healthcare social media. Um, I'm a healthcare social media expert and I do consulting, although um, slowly what I'm doing is building the second brand, which is SomiDocs. And SomiDocs, like I said, stands for doctors on social media. And that's the brand that represents doctors that are that want to build brands online and want to be empowered and either change healthcare or grow businesses or do whatever the heck they individually want to do. I help them to do that by um, giving them a community where they can network, they can learn. Um, and then I help them to also grow by marketing that. So I've got a website, somedocs.com. It's split into two resources for doctors, resources for patients. I'm hoping to grow content there that's really unique. And in terms of plugs, there's just two things. One is a membership. Everybody's welcome to you know, be included in yearly membership. Most of what I do is completely free, but members get some perks. And then we've got summits coming up. One is a writer's summit and one is a physician Facebook group summit. And they're both sort of meant to impart learning pearls on physicians who want to either learn about writing for books, blogs, or op-eds, or um, for how to use Facebook groups to grow, but they're also to network. Tell us also about this, um, this new series you're doing with Samuel Shem, the guy who wrote The House of Pod, of which we've totally ripped off the name for our show. <laughs> um, and I heard you had a really pretty amazing guest on one of your more recent episodes with that. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Eh, he's all right. Mm. Eh, I don't know. Oh, is he? Is he? He's kind of annoying. Edit that out, Lizzie. Lizzie, yeah, that gets edited. Uh, no. no. <laughs> um, yeah. So 
Um, yeah, we've got conversations with Shem. That's available on somedocs.com. It's a unique series where Samuel Shem, the author of The House of God, he hosts um, a discussion weekly that centers around putting the human back into medicine. Um, and I, I built it in a way where we could not only feature Shem, who is a superstar in and of himself, but feature either physicians that are out there working hard to create brands or physicians that are up and coming or people that are not well known, but are just working hard in clinics. But the point is we need to start having discussions about what it's like to be a physician and why burnout rates are at such an all-time high. So yes, Kave was on and it was a fabulous episode. So I totally appreciate you hopping on there. Yeah. yeah that was a lot um, of fun. <laughs> yeah. And we're rounding out actually season one this Sunday. It's our sixth episode. We're going live with Dr. Hala Sabri, Dr. Dyke Drummond, and Dr. Dwayne Bryan. And we are in discussions. I know Shem wants to do a season two and <laughs> I produce and create everything. So I am tired because I literally juggle <laughs> a million projects, but we might have like some form of, I don't know if tryouts or form that forms that people can fill out to get on the show. Cause it is freaking cool to get on it. So sure. Yeah. Yeah. It was great. I highly recommend it. Thank so you. people are at all interested. I recommend reaching out. So uh, just one last thing, where can people follow you on Twitter? So my handles are for my personal handle, it's Dr. Coriel. And for my um, company handle, it's so me docs, S O M E D O C S. All right. Very cool. Thank you so much for coming on. This is super fun. It was nice seeing you again. Thanks for having me on your show and thank you for coming on our show. Oh, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on. This is fabulous. No, no I, he's awesome listen, so far. Nobody hates me more than me, ladies. Okay. This podcast is not a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Please consult a physician or other qualified healthcare provider for your specific healthcare needs or concerns. The opinions expressed on this podcast do not represent the opinions of our employees. Details in the podcast have been changed so that patient identification is not possible. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.